Welcome to the post Kenny Rick edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent Will, uh, who was just off the picket lines for the uh, Screen Actors Guild. We're recording Friday afternoon. Uh, SAG after t shirt there. Mine is a uh, Sandlot t shirt, so it's not. Quite the same thing. Hey, okay. <laughs> All right. Still cool. Uh, but we, I think we, before we even get into White Sox, that's such a sad, sad thing this week in baseball that Shohei Otani has got a torn UCL. And they don't know yet the extent of it as the, as the time that we record exactly what, what that is. We've got to hope it's not a second Tommy John. I hadn't even realized that he had Tommy John at 2018, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Second is can't be much worse. I'm so. I'm gonna just just because you mentioned the SAG after thing, I'm gonna tie this in. People were talking about Otani on the picket line today. These are actors. I I will be the first person to tell you that the crossover between sports and acting, I have to go pretty deep into the roster <laughs> to try to find people to talk about baseball. People were talking about Shohei Otani on the picket line today. This dude, I mean, this is such a huge loss for baseball. This is such a huge loss for baseball. And that's not to say he's not going to come back. He's not going to do it. You know, it's, it's cliche to say, you know, if anybody can do it, it's Shohei. Well, this is actually a situation where I think if anybody can do it, it's Shohei. Uh, it, it's obviously very hard to come back from a second Tommy John if he does require that. But Shohei, we are sending you all the vibes all the best vibes. You are the greatest thing to happen to this sport in such a long time. Man, this is such a big hit for baseball. I hope he's okay. Uh, obviously, we're going to see a big change in what free agency was going to look like. Still the best hitter on the market by far. Uh, but now, you know, we're probably not talking the $600 million, $700 million contract that we thought was going to happen. Uh, but yeah, that uh, I'm glad you started with this because... Obviously, we're going to get into some pretty intense uh, White Sox topics today, <laughs> and uh, it's good to to send Shohei some of that positivity, man. I know yeah. you're you listen to the podcast every week, Shohei. You're a big fan, and just know that we're rooting for you. Get better. Well, he listens to the Korean edition, not not this English one. Too. So we'll have to repeat when we, when we do the translation. Well, that's, confu- that's confusing because he's Japanese. But uh, I mean, the yeah. Japanese say Korean. <laughs> you, were, you were talking about Korean pop before we went. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but, but yes, uh, my apologies to uh, Japan for that one. But uh, we're back on track here. So, yeah, yes, it's been a couple weeks uh, since you've heard from us. I don't know if anything's happened with the White Sox in those last couple of weeks. Why don't you give well, us a little Let me tell lockout. you what's happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. We have Keenan, Keenan Middleton talking about the total disorganization and no leadership whatsoever coming from the team. And then we had Rick Hunt chewing out Keenan Middleton and saying what stays in the clubhouse, uh, goes in the clubhouse, stays in the clubhouse, apparently not what happens in the GM's office. And then we have Hunt blasting all seven people who got traded at the deadline saying that they were selfish and not team players and only out for themselves. And then Paul Sullivan did a column in which he particularly cited Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly and Kevin Graveman and saying 
backstabbers. I don't even know how you are a backstabber when you're a pitcher. How the hell do you backstab a team when you're a pitcher? <laughs> you know, the only thing is backstab your catcher by not throwing what he calls for and try to hit him in the face. Then we had the report that they were going to review all of the positions and management on up through the organization. And then the next day they said, no, 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 no. This is just something we do all the time. It's nothing new. And then the next day, Jerry Reinsdorf said, we're going to move. We'll probably move the team. I don't know where we're going to move the team. So shake down, shake down hundreds of millions. I want hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of millions, maybe billions for a contract that's up in 2029. And then he mentioned the possibility of selling. Everybody had to go black because he's not going to sell because then he doesn't pay taxes. Jerry Rice doesn't pay taxes. He takes tax money. And then Rick Hunt and Kenny Williams got fired. Yeah, that That's all that happened. Now, the latest <laughs> after that were the rumors from Bob Nightingale, who it's the typist for Jerry Reinstorf that Chris Getz and Dayton Moore were going to be the running the show. So if you were asking yourself, well, hey, they got rid of Rick and Kenny. Things can't possibly get worse. You were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the only outside mention, other than Moore, who's, you know, Kansas City total failure, was Mike Rizzo, who led a team to 107 losses last year. Uh, but now within an hour of the time that we recorded uh, the word is that Mike Rizzo has gotten his new contract in Washington and he will be staying there. So we were back to Chris Getz and Dayton Moore and you know, so I think that brings us up to date. I think you're missing something. What did I miss? I think you're missing our, our boy coming back. I think uh, you're missing Tony La Russa coming oh, into the organization. Tony La Russa showed up with white hair. And the uh, rumor was he was going to be a consultant. And then the rumor was he was just consulting on this. And then, I don't know, I think it's going to end up that he's going to be the general manager and the president and the manager because they're going to have to fire Pedro Grifola. And then uh, probably also the pitching coach and the third base. We only had... So obviously my text threads with my White Sox buddies blew up the other day uh, when Han and Williams were fired. It, I, I don't think I've ever seen as quick of a reversal from joy to despair as the 45 minutes after Han and Williams were fired before they announced that LaRusso was coming back in a consultant <laughs> position. It is just a threat of, yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I, uh, what do you, what do you even do if you're a White Sox fan? You finally get good news. You finally get the news we've all been asking for that Han and Williams were out. Which, of course, when I first heard it, I thought something's really bad is going to happen in the next hour for for us to have been given this gift. Sure enough, Tony Larusa who, from the last photo I saw, I couldn't even tell if he was still alive, but I guess he is. And now in a consulting position for Reinsdorf, his best friend and boyfriend, and I think that the uh, big issue here is that LaRusso is probably going to have quite a bit of say in what things are going to look like moving forward. I don't envision a world where Reinsdorf brings LaRusso in and says, don't do anything. I think this is also that for some freaking reason, Tony LaRusso can have a ton of say in what this team looks like moving forward. Uh, now, whether now, it's... In fairness, Tony LaRusso has been a consultant. He was a consultant for the Diamondbacks. Okay, that was a massive failure. And then he was a consultant for the Angels, and that's still a massive failure. He's destroyed them for decades going forth. Uh, but this is third time. Third time is the charm. Third time to be a consultant. You know... 
maybe you can stay awake long enough to uh I don't know what actually. Maybe, Question. maybe yeah. Even forgetting the Russo. But we can't forget the Russo. Mike Rizzo never said he was coming to Chicago. I think that was just speculation people were throwing out there because his dad worked for the Sox for a long time. It was a good friend of, of Reinstorf's and Rizzo himself worked for the Sox for a little while as a, as a scout a long time ago. Uh, so I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. Well, but anyway, so Rizzo's not there. Why would any self-respecting baseball front office official of any level come to the Chicago White Sox to kiss Jerry Reinsdorf's butt? No clue. And Tony LaRusso's now. And you, Tony LaRusso's. I, I mean, everybody's been texting me. Everybody's been texting me, especially those Cubs fans. Why, why not Theo Epstein? Why aren't you getting Theo Epstein? Why not Theo Epstein? Well, my guess would be Theo Epstein has a functioning brain. He's kind of shown that to us over the years. And I would think that the idea of coming to work under Jerry Reinsdorf and Tony LaRusa is like below worst case scenario. I mean, if you, if you already have tons of money, which these really good GMs do, why would you want to come to a place that's only going to likely destroy your reputation and work for two of the biggest idiots and has beens well, and control for the game? <laughs> Total, total control freaks who are not going to – these guys aren't going to come in order to just be a yes man to somebody. Rick Hahn could do that because he's a nothing. He's a zero. But, you know, my favorite all along back when they were uh, first spec- – we were first getting really, really heavy speculation that we have to get rid of Hahn was James Click. Again, another case, a guy who left Houston because he wasn't getting the full respect he thought he deserved with the multi-year contract renewal and all that. Great general manager – why would he come here? He, oh. he's, he's got he's actually a consultant somewhere, I think, for somebody. Why why would James Click take this job to just be humiliated by Jerry Ronstorp? Humiliated. <laughs> humiliated. I mean, you're gonna be able to do nothing. You're gonna be able to make no decisions on your own whatsoever. You are gonna have no chance at rebounding this team at all. Whoever steps into that job is just a, a shill. They are, they are nothing but, Brisquets. you know, we, we literally have to have a person in this position so that we can pass off blame to somebody else. That is, your whole job is to just suck in the blame. That is it. You, you are not the general manager. You are the blame manager. And I don't know why anybody with any ounce of skill in those positions would or ever come to the White Sox. Any or self-respect. self-respect. Which is totally what Williams and Hahn lack. You know, there were there were rumors over the course of these last two amazing weeks of soap opera that, that I guess, story that Rick Hahn had a few times resigned or endeavored to resign. And that Jerry Reinsdorf wouldn't let him out of his contract. Wouldn't let him resign. Well, I don't think there's any way you can not let somebody resign. The contract yeah. may say you can't work in professional baseball. I'm sure it does say that. That would make sense. Rick Hahn's got a law degree from Harvard and an MBA, I think, from the University of Chicago. Uh, and more than there, enough I, money to up. get him through huge, the end of his life. Huge, huge law firms have sports law divisions in Chicago. He wouldn't even have to take his kids out of New Trier. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah. If, but 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 so this bit about well, if Jerry Reinsdorf wouldn't let him resign. He couldn't stop him from resigning. He can stop him no. from being paid anymore. He can stop him working in baseball, but he can't stop him from being a lawyer. Yeah, so, pretty sure. Pretty sure you can't just completely control another person's life and what they want to do with it. And and when it comes to quitting the your last job, last hundred sixty years or so. You, exactly. Yeah, you can you can quit your job. That's all bogus. That's all just again, no self-respect, no dignity, no class from these guys. It is an absolute pit of an organization, and it just somehow through all of this got worse. And that is the moral of the story. We finally get this news, this beacon of hope, and then the beacon is snuffed out immediately with the rehiring of Tony La Russa, who is poisoned to the game of baseball at this point. Because we don't know for poison. what. We can, we can only hope it's only to draw up a list or something and go away. Well, that's going to be the worst list you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, this dude is just an absolute poison to the game of baseball. I'm not going to take away from his former career accomplishments. He's done good things. But now this dude is zero. He is nothing. He is a has-been. He is has-been with a capital H and a capital B. And what do we do? Our, our organization collapses. We trade all these guys who basically say the organization is a disaster because of the holdover culture from Tony La Russa. And what do we do? We bring Tony La Russa back. Even when they say, you know, Pedro Grafal is safe for now. He didn't fix these problems. What do we do? We bring in the problem child to now be able to likely tell Jerry Reinsdorf exactly how to control Pedro Grafal. The White Sox have no chance of being an even decent organization in the next five years with what is going on right now. It is going to be bleak, bleak, bleak on the south side. You might as well stop watching baseball now and start hold watching it, hold it, hold it. football. Football. That's what I was getting to. Baseball season is almost over. Now, I will say in the last few weeks, there have been a couple games where instead of losing by two touchdowns, the White Sox have only lost by a field goal, which is quite an accomplishment. But if you are a general sports fan, are you a fan of an NFL team? Everybody's a fan of an NFL team. Wouldn't you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? It's going to be mostly the Bears here. It could be anybody. You are in luck. Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. Woo! That's a lot for a ticket. I mean, that's like a whole must be a luxury booth thing. Are you gonna get? I, good I thought seats? maybe it included free airfare to London for whichever teams open the season over there, but uh, probably not. The rules are answered simply. You go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. All little letters and then fans first sports one word. So you want to hear that again? You probably want to. Yeah, contest. Give me one more time. Not fansfirstsports.com. Yeah, it's going to add some stuff. You fill out, you fill it out, you done that, boom, you go in, you're registered, you can win four free tickets to any week one NFL game. So, any any week one game. Any, because you can, you don't have to tell them your real favorite. You can, yeah, you don't have to go to a Bears game if you don't want to. You can head to Buffalo. Buffalo's getting a lot of love from tourism uh, magazines these days. You could head to Buffalo. You could head to Kansas City. You could head out here. Join me in L.A. If you got an extra seat, I'd be happy to go with you to either the Rams or the Chargers. Uh, right. we, you re we really snuck that one in there, I think. Uh, so, we, we, 
Go blindsided. Go your shot at seeing your favorite team in action contest ends on September 4th. So, so you don't forget to do it before midnight tonight. Isn't that Six way? days before my birthday. So keep me in mind when you win this contest where you heard this first, because I will happily attend a football game with you. Uh, although we actually have some pretty good baseball going on out here in Los Angeles right now as well. The, I've heard, uh, I've heard a rumor to that. The local Dodgers team who were, who were scoffed for not making any, uh, trade deadline moves have apparently found that well, chemistry. They, they, they did not, if I recall, as a White Sox fan, they did pick up somebody named Lance Lynn and somebody and Joe named Kelly. Joe Kelly, both of whom, according to the column by Paul Sullivan, stab people in the back so it's too bad that the dodgers didn't do more homework because i understand that now that lenny kelly are out there they're beloved by one and all including all of the other players and playing like they are cy young candidates i (laughs) mean lance lynn has been a completely new pitcher you know they can say all they want about these guys who were traded being backstabbers when you look at how they're doing in their new organizations it says a lot and well, Jake, Jake Berger, I mean, it's, I've never had so much fun at baseball for a long time. In his very first game with Miami, he's hitting about 650 with an OPS of 2000 or something. Lance Lynn's got an ERA of 1.4, somewhere in there. Lucas Giolito oh, yeah. had one very bad game, but otherwise he's doing well for the Angels. Relievers, I think one of them, uh, Graveman, blew a game for Houston the other night. But basically, they've been doing extremely well. Uh Kelly's injured, but he's he's been lights out when he's been on the mound here in Los Angeles. Middleton's been pitching well in New York. I mean, all of these guys who they say were the problem are clearly not the problem in their new organizations. I mean, it, it was just so spineless to go after these guys for telling the truth about the chaos within the White Sox organization. Absolute spineless, gutless nonsense. You see these guys go to their new homes. They look like rejuvenated players in every way. You know, you're seeing you're seeing smiles from these guys. I don't remember seeing a White Sox player smile in quite some time. Uh, but, yeah, so if you do decide to win those tickets, you know, those football tickets and come out here to Chargers or Rams, come see Lance Lynn and come see Joe Kelly at Dodger Stadium because they are very, very exciting team to watch right now. Uh, we will take our official ad break here. Uh, we may have snuck in one a little earlier, but we'll take our official ad break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about this threat, this threat to move the team. Uh, because fun? We, we've seen this from the White Sox. We've also seen it from the Brewers in the last couple of weeks. And we need to talk about that. So hang in there, and we will be right back on Sharing Socks. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. I hope you've taken those uh, couple minutes to uh, enter into the contest we mentioned earlier. It could be a lot of fun for you and some buddies. Uh, but let's talk about something that's not fun, and that is when teams threaten to leave their towns because the city and taxpayers won't give them goo gobs of millions and millions of dollars to fix or build new ballparks. We saw it a little mysteriously from Milwaukee earlier this week. I don't really envision the Brewers moving as a as a real threat, uh, but we also heard it from the White Sox. Are they going to uh, Jerry, test Jerry's only markets? personally worth $2.2 billion, so there's, there's every reason why the taxpayers should have to fund anything he wants to do. What an extraordinary 
blackmailing, extortioning, shaking down jerk that man is. It is uh, actual extortion. It is extortion. I it's mean, what he pulled I, off, and it's what he pulled off the last time around, uh, where they had to stop the clock down at the legislature to throw him hundreds of millions of dollars. That they keep throwing him because they're responsible for all kinds of repairs and stuff at the joint. I mean, it's crazy for what Which, is basically, let's face it, kind of an ugly stadium. And, it uh, is it is one of the worst stadiums in Major League Baseball. The only reason we like it is because the White Sox play there. If any yeah, other team played there... they could have had Camden Yards. Camden Yards had just been built. So they knew they had the example of how to go. Uh, Armor Park was, was where they were going to go with this historical... Uh, and they get this, this thing instead. Meanwhile, John, it's why we talk about the shakedown artist, the biggest of them all, John Fisher... Uh, today, on the day of the recording this morning, said, well, I have no thoughts of selling the team. You know, he's getting me to sell the team signs all over. In fact, they were sell the team. Jason Benetti, this is shameful. I love Jason Benetti. But apparently, and I was not watching, so I'm, this is secondhand, there are a bunch of Oakland people, because of the game, Oakland, Oakland was here on Thursday night, holding up signs saying, sell the team. And Benetti's going, well, that's, that's a message to John Fisher. No, it's a message to John Fisher. And Jerry Reinsdorf for damn yeah. straight. So I don't, I don't know if Jason was just kidding or what. I, I couldn't hear the inflection because I wasn't watching the game last night. But if I you mean, if you went to the Instagram post where the White Sox posted uh, the letter talking about how Kenny Williams is like a son to me and it's hard to see him go and all the the BS that Reinsdorf put in that message, the first five hundred comments on that that aren't woohoo are sell the team, Jerry. Sell the team. Sell the team. Sell the team. This means nothing unless you sell the team. Unless you sell the team. This team will never be anything again unless Jerry Reinsdorf sells the team. Unless Reinsdorf is not a part of it. It will never be anything again. This team will not win another World Series with Jerry Reinsdorf around. I don't envision a world where they become a playoff contender again with Jerry Reinsdorf around. And then this threat to move the team if you don't get enough money. I mean, this dude is a sickness. This dude is a cancer to Southside baseball. You're, all you do, all you do, Jerry, and I hope you're listening. I know you listen every week. Actually, you don't because we're fans of the team, so you would never listen to us. All you do is crap on your fans year in and year out. Over and over, you find new ways to take things away from your fans, new ways to make the experience at guaranteed rate even worse. This is all you do. And then how do you reward the people who are actually still paying money and showing up to the games? You say, we're going to go to Nashville. We're, we're going to go to Albuquerque. We're going to go to one of these other cities that needs a Major League Baseball team. You know what? Go, Jerry. Just go. Get out of Chicago. Get the hell out of here. If you're going to do this, if you're going to threaten your fans like this, then just go. Get out. We don't need you. We don't want you. Like, this is this is so absurd and offensive to make these threats at a time when you are doing only, only horrible, detrimental things to your fan base constantly. You have shown us no sign of any competence or, or given us any amount of confidence that says we should keep supporting this team with you in charge of it. We should you know, all you know, if he If he did move, which is not going to happen, the, the no. politicians will, will break down 
do something stupid, 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 because Illinois and Chicago do not have the money to, to do that. Uh, but an expansion team would come in. The next thing that would happen was the next expansion team would come to Chicago. For sure. They're, they're not going to let Chicago without, without a second team. The, the North side owners are not that popular that they, they can keep another team out. And that would almost be better. I remember uh, 25 years ago when, when the Soscott Albert Bell and Frank Thomas was, was doing his whiny, whiny thing. Uh, and it, the Sox were, you and I went, and you were just a kid. I don't know, 12, maybe something like that. Uh, and we went, you know, it's one thing to support a team that's not very good, but it, it's another thing when they're a bunch of jerks. Maybe we'll find another team. So the team out of nowhere we picked, because it'd be a good place to go watch games, was Tampa Bay. Oh, right. Yeah. Which was in its first expansion year and was awful. And we went down, we watched, we happened to go down to a weekend. They played four games against the Yankees and, and got beaten in all four of them. I think only one was close. And we decided, well, maybe we can't go that far to get an expansion team. Well, we would have been much better off from a standpoint. If we had stuck with the Rays. If we stuck with them. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I have we, nothing against an expansion team coming in here. We'd be better off. If if they don't get rid of Ryan Storm. I mean, obviously, we want the White Sox to stay in Chicago. There's no part of us that wants the White Sox to leave Chicago. But if Jerry Ryan Storm is going to continue to pull this crap, then let's wish send him on his way. Because I'm just tired, tired of this garbage human being making garbage decisions that directly hurt his fan base. This guy doesn't deserve to make money. He doesn't deserve to have fans. He doesn't deserve to make money. I hope that if he, if he does end up moving the team, I hope it goes to a town that does not embrace it whatsoever and just destroys this guy's value, which is not going to happen. Many, many years ago, uh, when I was in radio here, here in the Chicago market, I, uh, there were a lot of corporate moves going on. Corporations were moving from city to city, from suburb to suburb, city to suburb, suburb to city, and all this kind of stuff. And I, I did a, an interview show with a professor from Northwestern who was an expert on it. And the one thing I remember from that was him saying, there is no recorded case of a major corporation moving its headquarters farther from the home of the CEO. Now, <laughs> the CEO lives in Highland Park. So I'm, you know, split the difference. I'm hoping that the fine folks of Wilmette will be inviting, uh, be happy to put up, I don't know, a billion dollars or so to build a stadium for more Mr. than Ryan. that. More than that. Yeah, they, they would have to put up a fortune. And I, I mean, that was part of the threat was we'll look at the suburbs. We will consider some of the suburbs and you know, these Arlington are all... Heights with the Bears. Exactly, but you know, this is hollow. Who who wants to work with this bomb? What what city in their right mind would take on that kind of taxpayer? You know, ha have to steal that much money from their citizens to help out Jerry Reinsdorf? Like, there, I I don't know a single person who likes Jerry Reinsdorf. I I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf knows anyone who likes Jerry Reinsdorf except Tony Larusa, which is probably why Tony Larusa is back in the organization so that Jerry has a friend. Uh, I I mean, these threats are just so disgusting to me. And and it would be one thing if White Sox fans were awful and White Sox fans didn't show up and White Sox fans. 
White Sox fans have been hanging in here through this nonsense for years and years and years. And when you go to a game, people still are there. People still hold out hope that we can turn this thing around. It's one reason I love being a White Sox fan is we tend to be, you know, pretty resilient. We are we are people who hang in there through the crap. You and I have watched so many 90 lost, 100 lost White Sox teams. And every year, the next year, I especially recently, we get on this podcast on day one of the new year. And we're like, you know, I think maybe. I think maybe <laughs> we can do it this year. I'm feeling good. I'm, feel, I'm sure there's a podcast from this year in, in January, February, where I'm saying, you know, I feel, I feel good about Pedro Grafal. I feel like these guys are going to turn it around. And then Ryan Sorf does everything in his power to make my life worse. And that is why I have zero tolerance for this dude. I, I know in a past episode, I critiqued you for going on a little bit of a rant about how Ryan Sorf needs to die. Uh, felt extreme at the time, but I well, think yes, we're... and at my age, it's not the good. It's not good to bring up bad juju. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Not the karma we want. Uh, however, I don't think I have a critique on it anymore. <laughs> I, I I certainly would sit silently uh, if you were to give that rant again and just nod and agree. Uh, this dude is. The worst thing about baseball <laughs> across the entire league, this guy sucks with a capital S, S-U-X. He is a nightmare, and I can tell you this. My my White Sox fandom is being challenged more and more every single day. You give us something good, you take it away by bringing back La Russa, by threatening to move the team, a team that has been here, has been in Chicago, for so long is such a part of the city, such a part of the culture of this town. And, and Reinsdorf, I, I, I should, I, I don't have the quote handy. I should, I should have had it handy before we went on. He years ago was talking about how owning a baseball team isn't a business; it's a community responsibility. I mean, that was the essence of the thing. That was decades ago. He obviously changed his mind. Yeah, he uh, he must have changed his mind pretty quickly as well, because I haven't seen him making any sort of efforts to, you know, do right by the community since I have been in Chicago or, or out here in L.A. This dude has been nothing but terrible. Anyway, we should talk a little bit about the fact that this team does still have to keep playing baseball for the next month and a half. Well, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It, it, it sucks for them. It kind of sucks for us. Uh, I'm noticing online that home game ticket prices through the second-hand market are virtually free. Uh, you can go see them play the Royals for $2. Uh, the whole series against the Diamondbacks at the end of the year is $2. So that's through uh, Diamondbacks are good. And the Diamondbacks have picked it back up again. They've gotten hot. They, they kind of had a, a historic collapse there for a minute. But uh, as of today, they're in the third spot in the uh, – in the NL wild card again, which is, is pretty exciting. We're going to host them here in LA uh, next week. So we've got Oakland uh, for a few more days. We lost to Oakland. Congrats to Oakland. I think that was their fifth win of the season. Uh, we're going to face them three more times. We've got Cease today. Uh, unfortunately, we are going to see Toussaint pitch a lot for the rest of the year. Uh, we're going to see. You know, I, I like him. I mean, I like his attitude. He, he's a happy guy. He's, he's he's enjoying himself out there. 
Yes, he is. The strike zone has become a total mystery. And it used yeah. to be. There was there was a period there where he kind of found control this year, which was a surprise. Yeah. Uh, you know, another Rick Hahn bottom fishing expedition. But then it's gone. It's back to what he was historically. Hard uh, to hit. Very hard to hit. But no idea where it's going. But if you walk, everybody, it doesn't matter. Uh, then we're going to go to Baltimore, where I think we will almost certainly uh, be victims of a sweep. Uh, it's possible we could get one of those out, but I don't see it happening. Baltimore is very good. Our schedule is uh, pretty much a joke for the rest of the year outside of Baltimore. Uh, and then, you know, we've got those three games against Arizona at the end of September, which Arizona may or may not be in contention at that point. They're, they're a solid team. But there are a lot of really young guys. Those teams tend to drop off uh, toward the end of the year. They're not used to the 162-game grind. But you know we've got we've got Oakland, Detroit, Kansas City, Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota, man, Washington, Boston, who's okay, and then we finish the year with the completely dysfunctional San Diego Padres, a team that should be far better than they are. You know, if this is a time to call up guys and and start seeing who the future of the team could be, this is the schedule to do it. I mean, you've, you've got nothing to yeah, play yeah, for. We, we, you know, we probably should have talked more about that during the course of It's just so much going on, we couldn't get to it. But, yeah, I love Elvis Andrus. I really like him. He should not be playing a minute. It, no. it should be it should be all the young guys should be playing. Uh, there, there's Yasmani Grandal. Why is he playing? Why is Yasmani Grandal playing at all? I mean, yeah, other than the Carlos Perez, why? He needs time up here. Yes, he's not doing well. So what? Uh, you know, so Oscar what? Colossi, you don't need they, to win. They they sat against a lefty last night. You need him to hit against lefties and get some practice in there. Yes, Oscar has not done well, but he needs the practice. But you have to learn. And it this doesn't is the matter perfect... if you lose yeah. every game. You just gave up five home runs to the Oakland A's last night. Five and a half because you're one player Luis Robert robbed another one yeah uh, hell of a catch hell of a catch but, yeah, yeah they, I mean I I just don't understand uh Griffal talked Griffal's got to go I know we both supported Griffal the beginning of spring training we're going oh he's saying all the right things cautiously optimistic I think we're going with that no more and I'm, I'm done uh so yeah like, oh, no we we we, they, we can't just give away games to get get learning experience yeah we can that's yeah, exactly we can. what we can do. It that, doesn't matter if they lose every single game for the rest of the year. The Cup Series is done and over and lost. And uh, honestly, if you are a fan of a team that is clearly going into a rebuild, you want to see the young guys do good things. You want to see them. You want to see them get better. What What's the point of watching Yasmani Grandal play baseball anymore? It, it doesn't do anything for us as fans. That team every day right now should be Luis Robert in center field so that you got something to pay for and eight other guys. Eight other guys who who are not guys that we have seen play for this team. You know, keep Ben Attendee out there some days because you're paying them to do it. But everyone else, sit them, some, sit them half the games. It doesn't matter. You don't need to win anymore. What you need to do is get these other young guys ready to play Major League Baseball. And what's the best way to do that? Have them play Major League Baseball, especially yeah. against these bad teams. 
Like, and, and there's and a difference between talk about we're going to be competitive next year is just BS. No, Let the absolutely play not. All next year, we're no competitive next year. I don't care. Yes, it's the worst division in the history of baseball, and it continues to be so, and it will continue to be so next year. For sure. But, but Probably for the next two years, at let, least. Let them play, and then, you know, 2025, and I'm starting to think that's MBA. I really thought that this was all going down and with the trade deadline stuff and whatever. You know, 2024 is a write-off for sure, but 2025, hey, maybe. I don't even believe that anymore. No um, chance. No chance. Why, why would we be good in 2025? Why would we be good in 2025? Well, Montgomery will be up. We still got Luis. So there you go. You got two guys. You probably still have Dylan Cease. So you got three guys. Three out of 26 doesn't really get you too much now, does it? And, and no, I'll throw We, we a, found throw out that Andrew Vaughn is just adequate, that Aloy is just adequate. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at the OPSs of the team. You know, there was a point this year, despite the very bad start, but there were like seven or eight players on the team with an OPS plus over 100. Uh, now there are three. <laughs> Wow. And, and they're barely, barely over. Except and for dead, dead last and on base percentage. So we can't even get guys. Dead last on and on base, base. percentage, uh, dead last in walks. So <laughs> it's. Yeah. Uh, can't play money in, ball. Can't last, play money dead ball. Dead last in defense. Uh, dead last in giving up walks. <laughs> we got that. Okay. Well, that's good. Except for Tucson. <laughs> yeah. That's good. No, anyway, no, I mean then, we've given up the we've given up the most blocks of any team. Oh, okay. I was like, I gotta do a little fact check on that because that doesn't <laughs> sound right at all. But yes, okay, that makes way more sense to me. Uh, that is about all the time we have for today. Do you have any final thoughts after these two weeks of utter chaos and disappointment? Yeah, the, one thing I, I would like to put out there because because I am now seventy seven. You know, I had a birthday last week, so that means Jerry, Jerry, I'm eligible to be your general manager just you know and I, I come cheap you should like that I'm very cheap oh yeah i think you'd do it you'd probably do it for just a little over minimum wage i mean yeah, I'm, well, I'm not gonna take minimum wage that that's its whole thing but I, I'll, yeah I'll you're the back. you're the general manager of a baseball <laughs> team you can't take minimum wage you got to make at least 19 an hour yeah. um yeah well we'll see hopefully he uh he gives you a call, but, you know, I have a feeling Tony's going to keep him from, from bringing you in after listening to this podcast today. Thanks again for listening today, LaRusso, by the way. Uh, that is all the time we have this week. Uh, don't forget to enter in our uh, aforementioned contest. Win those hold it, tickets. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Contest.fansfirstsports.com Contest.fansfirstsports.com Enter, win those tickets. And remember, uh, remember me and the geezer fondly if you're deciding who two of your four tickets should go to for opening day of the NFL. Uh, unless you're going to go to a Bears game. I really don't need that right now. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, let's send Shohei those good vibes. Recover quickly, my dude. And we will catch you next time right here on Sharing Socks.